0: The Alpha Sessions.
1: So this is the Alpha Sessions. I'm Alan and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by Lucy from Lucy and Le Maire. Thank you very much for coming down.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: And you've had a bit of a distance to come here because you've actually come from LA, haven't you? So Yes. Thanks so much for coming swim. down. Yeah, it's a bit of a swim. Yeah, exactly. And in typical British style we've got the heavy <laughs> rain to accompany it as well, so you know, we've perfect. laid it on specially it. for you. Yeah. yeah. So have you found your time in London so far? What have you been up to since you've been over?
0: It's been great. I'm really just in London for a couple of days. Um, I've eaten a lot. That's been the most. <laughs> eating a lot of food, walking around, seeing the sights.
1: Have you done any of these sort of traditional London things since you've been over here? Like, you know, having a nice cup of tea and stuff like that.
0: Oh, oh I've had some good tea. I had a cream tea.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love cream tea.
0: I don't know why we don't have those.
1: <laughs> yeah, why not?
0: Yeah. Well I imagined it was just tea with cream in it. I didn't realise it was a whole separate scone oh, yeah, you have with the thing. Scone
1: and jam and yeah, cream. Yes. Yeah.
0: And a very important question. Is it jam and then cream or cream and then jam? Because I haven't gotten a straight answer. Do you know
1: what? This is a very big debate over here. Um for me personally I would say it's gotta be jam then cream. And really if, if anyone tells you different they're wrong
0: okay well there's quite a few <laughs> wrong people that i've met there on are this quite trip few wrong
1: people yeah exactly how does it compare apart from the obvious the weather i mean how does london compare to what it's like back home in la
0: oh I, I mean i really enjoy it it's just like any big city where everyone is kind of walking fast and doing their own thing and heading to work but once in a while someone will stop and say oh are you lost <laughs> do you need some help See, we'll people see do speak around. to each other
1: in London. It's not they fair do. what they say, right?
0: Not a ton.
1: Yeah, that's not true. Not a ton. Yeah. But they do. You've learned the tube etiquette. Don't make eye contact with anyone.
0: Yeah, what is what is with that? I don't think you can eat snacks either. No. Can, okay.
1: Um, well, actually, I mean like, I just everyone don't does see. it. But yeah. do
0: they well I haven't seen because Have I was you eating not? I was eating some pretzels yesterday and looked around.
1: You got some funny looks?
0: I got some looks. Yeah. Very <laughs> brief looks. Nobody, nobody really <laughs> no, stares very too much very eye long.
1: Exactly. It's
0: kind of fascinating how many people you can cram in there, yeah. but nobody's looking at <laughs> each other. Very awkward.
1: Well, it's great that you've come to the r and anyway as part of your Whistle Stop tour. So thanks so much for coming down. We're going to talk loads about your new single, which has just come out and all your gigging and stuff like that. But um, we actually got you in as we we're recording this. Your new single came out yesterday Yep. Um, called Discover. Yes. So um, tell us a little bit about the new single.
0: So Discover is a little different. It's not about heartbreak or anything super sad. It's actually this very um, kind of earnest, optimistic track about going outside and just looking around and getting yourself up and allowing yourself to explore and let go a little bit more. Okay,
1: cool. Um, And let's talk about your sort of growing up in LA um, because you're from just outside of LA, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just Um, a couple hours. How hard have you found it sort of trying to break into the music industry over there? Because I know from speaking to other previous guests who've been on the program, it's notoriously difficult to get onto the scene there, isn't it, for a new artist?
0: It is. Yeah, it's not... I wouldn't call it like the friendliest scene. You will meet so many people and they will all be nice. But in terms of actually becoming a part of kind of like the staple music scene in L.A., it takes years. I mean, you'll hear that from bands. You'll ask, oh, how did you do this? How did you do that? And they're like, time. You just got to give it time. You got to play all the venues this many times. And it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot more than just playing music.
1: I was going to say, what is the secret then for anyone sort of trying to, you know, moving to L.A. maybe for the first time, trying to make it out there? What would, advice would you give to them?
0: Patience.
1: <laughs> really? <Yeah.
0: laughs> Lots of patience and be nice to everyone. I think a lot of people will give the cold shoulder there. There can be a lot of competition. Um, I think it's just so important to encourage each other and support all the other artists that you're with and share shows and trade shows where you headline one and they headline the other. Things like that kind of building more community because I think it's something that's really lacking in LA.
1: Do they have sort of new music evenings in LA as much as they do say over here in London?
0: It doesn't sound like we have as much. It sounds like it's really celebrated here in London. And I would say in LA, all music sounds new because you have so many different bands playing all the time. That it's kind of rare to actually catch the same band twice huh. on accident because there's so many bands playing everywhere every single night. And we do something called Monday Monday at Hotel Cafe, which is a notorious singer-songwriter spot. And for that, it'll be you know three songs from an artist, and it's a nice long lineup of 15 people or so. So you'll hear some really good huh. new stuff. But chances are you'll know a few of the people playing.
1: So, to anyone over here listening, LA sort of sounds so glamorous. You know, if you've gone to LA to perform, that's sort of you know the the highest point, really. I mean, how is it from your side? Is it as glamorous as as we all perceive it to be?
0: It's fine. Yeah, I think I used to really put it up there, you know, because it's Hollywood and it's where it's where everything happens and there's a lot of opportunity. But to be very honest, the audiences in LA, I love you guys, um, they're not great. They don't dance. Um, It's really hard to get people to participate. Wow. Yeah, because everybody who lives there and is coming to the shows, a lot of people are bloggers in the audience. A lot of people are other bands just coming to check out the scene. It's not your fan fans. So when I really – the cities I really enjoy are not – actually where I live
1: and there you go that was me thinking we were the reserve ones all the time <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's LA is a weird thing it's kind of yeah. a lot of cities in the states will dance and they love music and they love to just let loose and have a good time but Los Angeles is very much a work mentality just like London or Paris mm.
1: so tell us about some of your musical influences growing up then who, who did you used to listen to
0: my mom and dad both played a lot of vinyl records just while they were doing whatever in the house. Uh, my dad also plays guitar. So a lot of folk singers like Bob Dylan, Pete Seeger, uh, Joni Mitchell. Those were the earliest influences. Um, and then I really liked Leslie Gore, who's also from mm-hmm. you know, a little further back, but I really enjoyed her music and kind of the passion she put into her songwriting.
1: So did you want to get into songwriting and performing from quite an early age?
0: Yes and no. I think when I was very young, like elementary school, I loved to sing. And I didn't talk much. I still don't talk that <laughs> much, but I sing a lot just walking around. But I kind of, I was very shy. Um, so I really enjoyed academia a lot more. And I thought I was going to be a professor of psychology for a long hey, time. Wow, yeah. mm-hmm. To the point that I started studying it. And the more that things came up in my life, I looked into music therapy as well. And then ended up just going into music after all.
1: I was going to say, was there a particular point in your life where you suddenly decided that music was going to be your main thing?
0: Yes, the day I graduated college. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, much to my parents' dismay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um, It was, I was studying a lot. I was doing a lot of research in the psychology labs. Um, And then after I was done at the labs in the basements, I would walk back to my house and I would pass the music library. So what I would do is I would duck in there and they had rooms with pianos. And we were going through a lot of the time. Uh, My dad lost uh, two of his sisters and his dad all within a few years. So we were in hospitals a lot. And I just, this is a wonderful hospital. I'm very happy to be here. But I was, I just couldn't be near them at that time. So I wrote a song on piano. And this was the first song I'd ever written. No one's ever heard it. And it was called I Hate Hospital Beds. Wow. And it just describes walking into a hospital and the white sheets and the little cups and all this stuff that I was just, I needed to let out. Yeah. And it just, it felt so good to have that avenue of expressing yourself. Um, so that's where I went into music therapy, and then I said, you know, what, I'm just going to move to LA and play music for a while.
1: Wow, so I a big step, to get yeah. Out. yeah, yeah. And I mean, you say your dad was a musician as well. Did, I mean, have you sort of ever sort of written stuff with him or performed with him?
0: I would love to write with him. I've told him this. Um, he performs mostly um, other songs that he's heard and really made his own so a lot of old folk songs and he'll play them when the family's together at the end of the night but we haven't performed together um and we haven't written anything together he's written a couple of his own songs but he doesn't perform publicly okay. however i just got him a mic for his birthday so next time i talk to you guys hopefully i can say oh wow well. we played a gig <laughs> yeah
1: yeah let's make I that i would happen. love that okay yeah. that'd be good so he does sing as well then does he
0: yeah, he's okay. got a great voice. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's obviously mm-hmm. in the genes in your family then. Yeah, I'll yeah. say that.
2: Beautiful You hold my hand It gets dark Every kiss There is a spark that light's the night We all surrender to So will you wait For me Will you wait For me Time stops When I'm with you Will you wait For me, will you wait for me? It's many miles, but I'll be running home to you. And I know that the leaves are gonna change. No, it won't all stay the same, but it's better than goodbye. It's better So if you wait for me by the old oak tree, I'll carve my name next to yours. The
0: Alpha Sessions.
1: When did you start the Lucienne Lemaire project then?
0: Right when I moved to L.A. So um, first show I ever played, first time I sang in front of people was the first month that I lived in L.A. Um almost six years ago and it was terrifying and it was a lot of fun
1: did you always love performing live was that straight away or something you really wanted to no
0: see? no definitely really? not no i didn't even like speaking in front of people very much and especially just being in school all the time everything was you write a paper and you send it in you don't have to talk to anyone or yeah. perform or do anything
1: because your shows have, and, and we'll talk about this coming up, but your shows have gone on to be very interactive. Actually, you do communicate with the audience a lot, don't you? So, I
0: do. So, yeah. when
1: did you sort of pluck up the courage to do that?
0: So, I was I was playing in Texas during South by Southwest, and the audience, without me saying anything, just one of the couples started to slow dance, and it was kind of like an awkward, like their arms were very stretched out, and reminded me of school dances. Um, where you just, there's a lot of space between you, and you're nervous, and you want to dance with them, but you're scared to look at them, and you're scared to touch them, um, so I told the whole room to do that, and everybody got up and did it, and we all started this awkward school dance tradition, so I do this at every show. We right. just did it in Manchester, um, and it's just kind of a way to interact with the audience, and honestly, it came from me being nervous on stage, so I would start rambling and making jokes, and trying to get people to interact with me, and yeah. now it's just a big part of the show to wow. bring people together.
1: So you sort of gained confidence on the responses you were getting from yes. the audience. Yes,
0: That's one of the, the scariest things is when a venue has the light shining so bright on you that you can't see the audience. I hate that. I'd like to be able to see everyone in the front row and be able to say, hey, how was your day in between a song really quick. Wow.
1: See, to me, that's terrifying, especially if you really? used to be quite quiet anyway. I think it's better to not see anyone, surely.
0: Oh, no way, because <laughs> then you're just like, who's out there? Okay. What are, what are, how are they reacting?
1: And do you like the smaller, intimate gigs now, or do you prefer the, the bigger ones?
0: I do. I love the small gigs. I love So Far Sounds. I love radio show gigs. I love living room shows. I just love being able to talk to everyone after.
1: So how would you describe your sound to someone who'd never come across your music before? How, how would you describe it?
0: Uh, it gets called folk pop a lot of the times, so acoustic instruments like a baritone ukulele, guitar, a piano, and then my voice, and then sometimes some fun jingle jangly instruments yeah. in the background.
1: And um, obviously you play the ukuleles today, but um, how many instruments do you play?
0: Um, quite a few. I actually started drums was like the thing I thought I was going to do, so oh, I really? played for two years, very into punk music, had my phase in high school. <laughs> That poor drum kit is still (laughs) at my room in my parents' house. Sorry, mom and dad. (laughs) I can't get rid of it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and the neighbors. Um, But then, piano as well. I really love writing music on piano. And then I love touring with my baritone ukulele because it plays just like a guitar, but it's much smaller.
1: Yeah. Easier to carry around.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Can go in the overhead.
1: And whilst we're talking about ukuleles, you have an amazing ukulele, or at least you've used it in one of your videos. that's like a watermelon. Oh, I yours? love
0: that one. Yes.
1: Where did you come by that? That is brilliant. Oh, my gosh. You have to check this so out on YouTube.
0: There's this group, Kala Ukuleles, and right. I'm actually endorsed by them. So I'm biased, but they are the best ukuleles, I <laughs> promise you. Because they make the funniest designs and they're just so playful. They have one that you can take in water. It's a waterproof ukulele. So you can play it in the jacuzzi. How does that work? Or on a boat. You it's can't just staying made... underwater.
1: I mean, you could. <laughs> we could try. <laughs> it's more
0: like if you're like at the beach and just like with your feet in the water, you're at the pool. You don't oh, have so to worry about it. You
1: Don't have to worry about getting splashed. Yeah,
0: it's just waterproof. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's very
1: cool. Have you I done a video that. with that sort of in the pool?
0: <laughs> no, I don't have one yet. I need to get okay, one. Yeah. I need to get one. Well, that's very
1: cool. Yeah. Um, you also have. It's very evident from your, or even seeing you today, and from your videos, that you have a very sort of distinctive, colorful look to you as well. Did you sort of consciously decide on that?
0: early on i've always worn a lot of colors i just i think it's important i think it's kind of easy to dress in all black or all brown and most people do and i totally understand that but for me i think it's just a nice just a nice i'm very visual Mm. so if you're feeling down or a little stressed and then you see oh that girl looks like a rainbow walking by it's just a little pick me up and you've noticed like
1: we've even matched a little yellow microphone cover for you today,
0: and it's perfect. And it has a smiley face on it, staring at me in the you see, face. The lengths so we funny. go to
1: to match with our guests. I you know? appreciate <laughs> it
0: <laughs> very much. It.
1: Let's talk a bit more about this audience participation then, because that's come a massive part of why you've become popular online. Really, is the amount of sort of good causes that you promote during the course of your uh, live performances. Um, and one in particular stands out for me, where you cut off 15 inches of your hair midway through a gig.
0: I did. Which that is was scary fine. anyway, let
1: alone doing it in front of a live audience. So tell us all about well, that. Well,
0: you know, what I hadn't thought through is you really need a mirror yeah. when you're doing that, because <laughs> if you're just looking at all these people, it's like, oh, did I did I cut it right? <laughs> it was tricky. Um, but I threw a Locks of Love benefit at the Echo in Los Angeles, which was wonderful and I teamed up. I brought in other local organizations like a hair salon, Rudy's Hair Salon. And so they had volunteers there for people who would donate their hair. So you got in free to this concert if you donated your hair. Wow. Um, but then everybody who bought a ticket, part of that would also go to the foundation. And I just thought, it, I didn't tell anyone I was doing this but I thought it would be really great to just cut off my hair on stage in the middle of my set um, to say, hey, we can all help out and do something hair goes back yeah you know?
1: what reaction did you get from that
0: oh i think they enjoyed it quite a yeah. bit yeah
1: it's very powerful right? yeah yeah and I mean, you knew you were going to do that all along as you
0: i did i was pretty nervous yeah i bet. Yeah. <laughs> didn't want to tell anyone yeah. yeah yeah
1: and i mean you've done lots of other um things on stage as well you've spoken out about things like sexual harassment and lgbt rights as well uh, mm-hmm. talk us through some of the other um, things that you've done on stage that you look back on
0: um, for sexual harassment, um, I did a cover of Tainted Love, um, and the whole purpose of the video is to demonstrate that clothing is not consent. So I'm sure just as in the States, um, a lot of victims of sexual assault are blamed for what they wear. So say you wear a short skirt and you're assaulted, things like mm. this. Um, it's just very important to speak about and let, and never to blame someone, never to blame the victim. Mm. Um, so what I did is, um, this was actually right after Trump was elected, same week. Um, as you know, he has a few charges himself Mm -hmm. and allegations. Um, so I went ahead and I stripped down to, I believe you call them knickers here, Mm -hmm. (laughs) down to my underwear. And I just, um, I made a little speech about how important it is to recognize that what a woman wears is not asking for any kind of violent crime against Mm -hmm. her. Um, so that's a little more serious one, sure. um, but I also do host the Love is Gay Benefit Valentine's Concert, which is all about celebrating love in every form, um, gay or straight, um, and everywhere in between on the spectrum, and that's just a celebration of music and LGBT artists and um, local um, crafts, like um, people who make jewelry and paintings, oh. and the whole community comes out just to celebrate.
1: I just think that's amazing that you've gone from sort of barely not wanting to speak to anyone on stage to this very powerful way of communicating with people about these great causes. I honestly
0: um, think it's a lot easier when you're when you're up there like, instead of just speaking about myself.
1: Yeah, I think it's really something that you feel passionate about. Yes, yeah. exactly. I was going to yeah. say, do you feel more confident going on stage now than you did, say, maybe five years ago?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, but it did take take some time.
1: Are there any sort of techniques or anything that you have to do before a gig, like a pre-gig ritual or anything to get yourself ready?
0: I usually have a cup of tea, Okay. which I think you can understand here in England. You yeah. guys like tea a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I always um, make sure to give, it's kind of a weird thing, I always give someone a compliment. So whether it's telling the bartender his hair looks good or you know, telling the sound engineer that she's doing a great job, things like that. That always helps we feel a little calmer, mm-hmm. just... Talking to someone and making an interaction and making it a positive one before getting on stage. It's also
1: an amazing way of getting all, all the audience on your side, isn't it, as well? Okay, at
0: least a few people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just find it's better when everyone's in a good mood. Yeah. Venues can be, you know, it's dark. There's usually alcohol everywhere. You know, some people are expecting a rock show and then yeah. I get up there. and <laughs> Yeah.
1: I also read on your website, it says you'll never hesitate to give someone a hug in the middle of a show as well. Is that true?
0: That's true. I've had shows where I had someone start crying. I have this song called Honey Put Your Weapons Down, and I really enjoy singing it, but I've had um, multiple times, I've had someone come up who's uh, kind of ending a relationship and say they really identified with the song and it's it's just very on point for them. Um, and so I was singing that song once and somebody just was crying in the front row, so I just stopped and was like, hold on, everyone, this person needs a hug. Yeah. This is a lot. Because you can just see it, you know, and when you're at a show and you're experiencing so much. I'm sure that's the worst thing, though, to have, like, the whole show <laughs> stop and get called out for feeling your feels. But I think they enjoyed it. And that's nice. felt important
1: are you a hugger would you describe yourself as a hugger yep yeah
0: Mm -hmm. what makes
1: a good hug because i you know i'm with you on this one you've got to commit to a hug properly you got the half-hearted nonsense the half
0: hugs are probably the worst hugs aren't they very common very common especially when you're just meeting someone they do the the very soft pat on the back or um or the one where you kind of stick your butt out and you're really just putting your arms that's so no it's the worst Uh, just go in go in go in go big
2: never been all the way to hell and back again but thanks to you I'm a seasoned traveler two, three, four and I cannot explain the times of pain inside and out I've had my doubts and they've had me Everybody says, Just keep going. pattern
0: That song was written at a time when I felt very it was just very sad. I woke up after a really big show and it was a big success and lots of you know media came out and all that. but I didn't feel very good the next day and I started to realize I was getting tired of being the emerging artist and the you know upcoming artist gonna be cool artist on the rise and I'd just been hearing that for so long, and it kind of comes back to patience again and just continuously working towards where you're working towards and not getting too caught up but I wrote that song to cheer myself up and to say you know what? it doesn't matter what anyone else says about me or writes about my music I'm still gonna make it I'm gonna keep going and if they keep saying brand new artist look out you know it's fine yeah. they can say whatever they want
1: let's talk about the songwriting process then for you Um I mean you've talked about some of the topics that you've covered already Um how does it start does it start with the lyrics the melody or how do you go about songwriting
0: a little bit of both it's always just my voice i'll be driving my car or just kind of walking around and i'll just start it's usually a lyric like something a word in my head um or a phrase and then i just kind of sing it and see how it comes out and um and then if i like it i'll try and repeat it until i'm finally home and then i'll put music to it but it's never can be. it's never like when I'm, you know, sitting at a piano that something comes to me and I'm like, Perfect, let's write this.
1: Yeah. So you don't sit down thinking, I'm gonna write a song now. It's just right. something that naturally comes to mm-hmm. you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've yeah. tried that and you know, I've done some jingle writing where you gotta sit down and you gotta write about this thing that someone's trying to sell. Yeah. And it's fine and you'll get something done, but
1: Oh, you do There's jingle no writing? Emotional. That's very fun. So when I mean, you have in front of you a Radio Broccoli mug, I'm not going to get you to write one on the spot. But, uh, you know, perhaps, I'll write perhaps you get a
0: jingle. Yeah. You tell me what you want.
1: Okay. I think we can do that. On that's the good. house. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll My come back pleasure. To that later. We're going we're gonna to play that load. So um, listen in. We'll have try and play that in the future. <laughs> um, that's really fun doing jingles. What's the most unusual thing you've had to write a jingle about?
0: Um... Can I, I don't know if i can legally say this but i will anyways it rhymes with sh- munchables. do you have that brand here
1: um do we munchables. have no munchables.
0: they wanted um a yodeling-esque uh, <laughs> tune with no actual like music behind it but just sounds right so that was weird that was a weird night i stayed up because it's always quick it's always like we need this by tomorrow give us the best you got and we'll pitch it. Oh,
1: hey, wow. Well. So
0: that was a weird... I think we ended up using banjo and some, like, weird duck noises, like, reversed. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just... And it was yodeling-esque. It was like... It was, like, nonsense words.
1: So they had a very definite idea that they wanted it yodel, but... They had
0: a very definite, very odd idea.
1: I mean, I'm just building <laughs> so up So that this
0: would be... But for a big company, I mean, they make lunches for tons of people. In my
1: mind, I have a vision of a yodeling radio broccoli mug jingle coming out. Oh.
0: Oh, it's coming at yet. It's, it's, Just oh, you. I wait. can't
1: wait for this. It's going to be amazing.
0: <laughs> I got a long flight home. <laughs> I got some time.
1: Yeah, brilliant. I'm <laughs> sure you're not going to get any funny looks on a plane with people sitting yeah, next right? to say, what yeah. is this about? Um, so let's talk now about some of the amazing live venues that you've played. Um, give us some of the highlights. Where's, where's some of the best places that you've performed?
0: Sure. Um, well, let's see. Like I said, I love living room shows. Yeah. Big fan of living rooms. Um, I've played, I mean, I've played some bigger ones like the Rose Bowl, that's really big. It's like a sports stadium wow. in L.A. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, hugely So that one. Famous. I mean, was if you 10, don't like... 10,000 people. I was going to say, if you don't like big gigs, that's a pretty <laughs> that big one to play.
0: Not ideal. But it was during the day, which was wonderful because I could see everybody. And I still did the <laughs> awkward slow dance. Did you? So that was great. Yeah, it was It was good.
1: <sighs> okay. See, I'm not sure I'd want to be looking at 10,000 people in the eye. <laughs> that, that's a lot of people's Well, to you take
0: can't. It. It's, it is really hard. Okay. But I, I could at least see the front row. I could see my parents and some friends. That's all you need. And
1: you shared the stage with some amazing acts as well, including Moby. So how did that come about? Wonderful. Yeah,
0: Um, that was kind of just friend of a friend situation. He wanted to do some have some backup singers and some other musicians on stage, so did a few gigs.
1: He needed the jingle. He, he needed that jingle voice. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no, his music's really interesting. Um, He's been putting out music for so many yeah. years, and everyone knows him, you know, as this EDM god, which he kind of is from the 90s, but he's a great guitar player.
1: Right. I think
0: a lot of people don't know that. He's a phenomenal guitar player, um, really great songwriter, and he plays with a, f- a full live band.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: and that he's got a really great uh, awesome. punk album or two, actually.
1: I kind of yeah, feel like you want to get a punk album out there. Would you ever consider doing that now? Yes, would you? I
0: would. I'm trying to like think of like a secret band name that I could do that under. Yeah,
1: that'd yeah. be great. So, where would you love to play? Where would it be if you could have your dream gig of somewhere that you haven't performed at? Where My would be the dream venue?
0: Favorite venue is um the Hollywood Bowl. Oh wow! It's in it's in movies like um, Anchors Away, like the old old timing movies that I love. Um, and it's it's an outdoor venue. It's like this big dome in hollywood and i love it because you can have picnics while you're watching <laughs> and That's they do live orchestras and
1: yeah it's just uh, okay. it's pleasant That'll it's a be...
0: very pleasant situation
1: let's aim for that then so um, hollywood bowl and then mm-hmm. who would be on the headline act with you oh who man would do, who would be your dream artist to play live on stage with you
0: that's a tricky one. Dream big, you know. Dream big. Yeah. Oh.
1: Anyone you like.
0: Okay, so Elton John will be there. Elton John, oh, wow. That'd be a, just so I could h- get tickets to his show, because I always, I can't. Local he,
1: he went to school just down the road from here. You're kidding. With my mom, in fact, but. No way. Afterwards. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'll get her to put a word in.
0: <laughs> I would love to hear about that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, so Elton John at the Hollywood Poll. Yes. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. And um we always ask this question on alpha sessions as well if you could have a dream rider so in other words if you know before or after a gig you could have anything brought to you what would it be?
0: Okay, so my current rider literally just says fruits, vegetables, water, coffee. That's my current that, rider for that gigs. That sounds pretty
1: low maintenance. And
0: honestly, much. that's all you kind of need. I've seen some crazy ones. But, um, you know, it, but Dream Ride you know. There, right, because okay. I reckon Elton John okay.
1: might have a few. So you know, you got to compete.
0: I would say, um, probably like two to three fluffy puppies to hang okay. out with before <laughs> and after the show, just in the green room. Yeah, you know, someone there to supervise them as well, because like that'd be stressful. Yeah. Um. So some puppies. Um. What else? Maybe like one of those. Those chocolate fondue fountains that you can just put your ice cream in. Oh, those, those are, are so great. Good. Yeah. Those are so good. You're not supposed to have dairy before you sing, so that would be after.
1: I had one of those for my birthday party once. They were amazing. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Living the dream. You waste so much chocolate on those things, though. We had to pull oh, loads really? of it in a bag afterwards. That was so Oh, no. Straw. See, pour that
0: milk. wouldn't happen with me, no. though. You haven't seen me and sugar. Okay. <laughs> we are, we okay. are very close. Yeah, so mm-hmm. after the
1: gig, figure out on a chocolate Yes, that absolutely. Okay, well, mm-hmm. you know, we'll mm-hmm. we'll have a web with Elton. We'll see if we can make that happen.
0: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> much appreciated.
1: Let's talk about social media because mm-hmm. I guess for anyone in the music business, love it or hate it, you've got to be all over social media and you are. You're brilliant at it. Oh, What's you. your relationship with social media? Love it? Hate it?
0: I love it right now. It goes back and forth. Um, I know a lot of other musicians. I've actually been, um, I've consulted on the topic. That's how much I get asked about it. I've always enjoyed it because I get to speak with so many people, and I get to share my music with people that I've never met before on the other side of the world, and I think that's wonderful, but I can see how a lot of people really hate it because you it almost feels like, oh no, I have to post something, I have to say something, I have to share part of myself, and you don't always feel like doing that. Um
1: Yeah, I mean, we've sort of just about touched on the whole mental health thing, and obviously that combined with social media is is such a big thing at the moment. For an artist under so much pressure to kind of be a certain way, look a certain way, and you Mm -hmm. get so many responses, I guess, positive and And negative. negative. Mm -hmm. How how do you find that? How do you deal with that?
0: I think you gotta have a good head on your shoulders. Um, I know after I came out, I received lots of really nice things. Um, But it really just takes one really mean kind of death threaty kind of comment to just throw you off for quite some time and feel like you're not valid and your your identity isn't good, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is, you know, some stranger, someone you've never met, someone who's probably looking up the hashtag, you know, LGBT or something just to get in there. Um, So you have to really take it with a grain of salt and... The thing I recommend to um, a lot of my friends who don't feel good on social media is to check in with yourself before you go on it. So if you're having a stressful day or if you're just kind of like anxious and then you go on your phone and you're scrolling through Instagram or Facebook, that's just going to get worse Mm. because no one goes on Facebook and then is like, my life is great, you know. That's kind of – it's more like you're looking at other people and you're seeing what they're doing and you're taking it all in. Um, But it's
1: a tough balance, isn't it? Because I guess you're – ultimately trying to promote the positive side of what you're doing on social media but I know a lot of artists now are sort of trying to promote sort of the not so good side as well mm-hmm. to kind of have a balance. I mean, how how do you find dealing with that?
0: Definitely, and you see that so much, and I think it's I think it's really wonderful. I hope people aren't overlooking it, kind of, because I have heard some people say it's kind of trendy to talk about how stressed you are on Instagram, things like that, and it's like, well, it should be. We're all really stressed mm. out because we're on social media all the time. Yeah. I think it's really important to say, you know, here's a picture of me in a bikini on a beach, but yeah, I, re- I had a hard day, and then I took a picture on the beach, so. Yeah you know, sharing the full story is important.
1: And um, important question, Instagram or Twitter, which, which one is the big one now for you?
0: That's really hard, because I love Twitter. Mm-hmm. I've talked to some really random people on Twitter, and I've met so many cool people. You guys are on Twitter.
1: Yeah, yeah Twitter. I think I found you on Twitter. Yeah, that's true actually. And that's how I started watching so, some Twitter's of your so bad, you Twitter? Twitter's
0: great, yeah. I love it. Um, Instagram is great too, I think stories are really fun, because you don't have to commit to posting something, you can just be like, here's my sandwich from lunch.
1: Yeah. Okay, there. <laughs> need to get into those stories more. Yeah. You
0: should. They're fun. Yeah. Plus you can put little cartoons on them. You know? Yeah, I need to learn all that stuff. I'm
1: getting <laughs> I'll there. I'll show you. I'm I'll getting there. You. Okay, yeah, you yeah. can show me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and for any artists just starting out on social media again, if, if you've got any sort of top tips for them, what would it be?
0: Yes. Um, document your truth. Someone told me that, and I think that's just so important. It doesn't have to be a big statement. It doesn't have to be... Anything, anything you do is your brand. So don't worry like, oh, I shouldn't take a picture in this sweater because it's not on brand or it's not, you know, it's not cool. I won't only put out this image. No, just document everything. People love authenticity. If you're, you know, if you have 10 extra minutes and you're just hanging out at the bus station, just, you know, go live. Talk about, hey, I'm hanging out at this bus station. I really like this bus. Because the bus driver's really nice, you know, just random little things. It's all just about sharing part of your story so people feel like they can connect.
1: So what lies next for you? What, what's the plan for the coming few months?
0: So flying back to Los Angeles tomorrow, sadly, um, but I do have a new EP coming out called "I Feel Better Now" with um, six songs, a lot of fun. It's very positive. I thought I could write I can write like this really sad record about you know being depressed or not knowing what I'm doing with my life, you know the basics. Um, But I just wanted to write something upbeat and fun. And so that'll be up. And then I will be going on tour. Um, The Philippines and Australia are next on the list. Wow.
1: Lots of traveling. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you'll have another trip back to London in the not-too-distant future.
0: Absolutely. I love it here.
1: Good. Brilliant. Well, we look forward to having you back and seeing you at some point. Um, For anyone who wants to find out more about you, where can they go? Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So you can always use the hashtag ListenToLucy. Um, and the website is also com, But just come say hi um, on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. It is Lucy and La Mer, L-A-M-E-R, and it's French for the sea. in case you were wondering.
1: And there was one more track.
0: Yes, uh, rainy days. Special shout out to my dad because he said you're in England, you need to play rainy days, <laughs> and it's what it just happens to be raining. Well, Look at that, just
1: for a change. Yeah, it's raining over here. Your, Who'd have thought? So. Eh? Yeah. I know. Just to well,
0: and we saw this wonderful rainbow outside
1: before walking in. That yeah. was
0: that was really great. We and made- that song's about just. Giving yourself a break. We've laid it on
1: specially, you know, for the colourful, colourful image. Yes, thank you, thank you.
0: That was in my writer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I should put that. That's what would be in that dream. (laughs) That'd be impressive, like a rainbow over the venue.
1: Yeah, brilliant. Well, thanks so much for coming down. Thanks for having me. Pleasure having you here. A lot of fun. And we'll go and start working on that jingle. Oh
0: yes, (laughs) right away.
2: Late for work again. Already spilled my coffee twice. Stuck in traffic again, and the other cars aren't being nice. And just when I thought the sun was gonna stick around for a while, a raindrop hit my windshield, and I cracked a smile. There's something about rainy days. Something about that da 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 on the sidewalk. Something about the gray makes all my blues go away. I love rainy days. Did my time, did the 9 to 5 meet you after, and we go for a drive down to the river to watch the water come alive. These dark clouds are clearing my mind. How can I worry so much all the time? You're my light. You're my sunshine. you mind my light. It's going to be all right on these rainy days. Something about that da-da-da sidewalk. Something about the gray makes all my blues go away. I love rainy days. Rainy days. Something in the way you always know just what to say. Let's Let's take the long, long way home. Let's take the long, long way home. Let's take the long,